2: Uh, you are now tuned into anything's potable The most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad? Even your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Eat champion contenders We drop twice a week Like you trying to guard Kemba <laughs> Your team whack And your players is whacker I got the inside scoop After hanging up with Jay and Packer Okay, we about chips here I'm talking about this year banner a 12 plus 6 here Fast PP Top rookie, I'm seeing it now Playing around with Tate Fournier We off the charts But you gotta play it market smart Close out cause he pulling up from Harvey Yard Gang green, it's no other way So tune in to the pod If you plan on staying up to
1: date You heard <laughs> <Aziz>. <laughs> AJ, I-, I see you playing <laughs> Welcome to
2: Anything is Pottable the boston celtics podcast here on the athletic podcast network i'm your host sam jam packard professional sports fan and i am joined as always by the kid the god the legend himself celtics beat reporter for the athletic jay king ladies and gentlemen and everything is groovy in celtics town uh,
1: <laughs> that <laughs> that's was ridiculous. corny horny as
2: hell. It was a ridiculous thing to say, but I would maintain that it is true. The Celtics have won three games in a row. Five of their last six. They are five and two since a couple podcasts ago when I uh, declared that the vibes were immaculate and that the vibes were rebounding. Jay, it was it my declaration that kind of allowed the Celtics to kind of see uh, just like what they needed to do to play better basketball. Uh, was it the return of Romeo Langford? What is the biggest reason for the Celtics just playing good, like consistently? I would argue you had a premature
1: celebration of the return vibe.
2: Five and two since I declared the vibes immaculate.
1: However, right after that was a terrible loss, if I recall correctly.
2: Uh, another outlier loss where they just lost. It was Luka. They had the big comeback. I think the vibes were still there. The, the soul-crushing loss was against the Sixers. But uh, other than that, they've just won basketball games, and they're on a three-game streak. They started uh, – last podcast, I talked about the the four games and what the impact they could have. The 4-0 possibility is still available by winning those first two games. I think the most impressive win has to be Denver coming back – what was it, four, down 14 at the, close to the end of the third quarter and just the defense stepping up and just stopping the Nuggets from scoring uh, – I know you have some fancy numbers about how good the defense has been. Explain this. How, how have the Celtics been managed just to turn it around and become a great defensive team?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to label them a great defensive team yet. But that's the, fair.
2: You can tell them just getting excited the, from the returns basketball.
1: over the last ten games or so have been promising. I think you know part of that has been the schedule. They played a few bad teams during that stretch. That was helpful. It was helpful to be at home for, I think, seven straight games during that stretch. Uh, All of that goes into it. But even with all of those things, the Celtics would not have piled up those stops consistently earlier in the season. I think a a lot has gone into it. I think, obviously, Jason Tatum is growing it seems stronger um as he's further out from his covid case and i i think that matters a lot i think romeo langford's return to the lineup like it's it's not the most important thing but it just allows flexibility and defensive versatility and strategies that quite frankly brad stevens couldn't really turn to when he went to the bench previously and so now he's going with romeo and Grant Williams and Tristan Thompson off the bench and that's a hard-nosed group and Tristan Thompson has played really well since returning I think his defense has has been really good Robert Williams has been helpful as since taking on the role of, of starter and so I think a lot of factors for the Celtics are kind of pointing upward on the defensive side of the court over the last 10 games they have a defensive rating that would rank second in the league over the full season, which is so far different from what they've been. That's a and, wild step. <laughs> and, and you know, you can point to some of the games and say, you know, this, this is a bad team. It was only it's against the, the Rockets, the Hornets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Timberwolves. The Hornets without a bunch of guys. Timberwolves actually have, like, a lot of pretty good offensive players. Um, and the Timberwolves but,
2: put up a lot of points, too. So.
1: Yeah. But, like – That Denver game, the last, what, 14 minutes? That's the most locked-in defensive stretch we've seen from the Celtics or one of the most locked-in in in a while. And I I say that not just because, like, they only allowed eight points during that final 14 minutes, which is ridiculous, or not because Denver went three for 23, but Brad Stevens told the guys, like, you're going to switch and you're going to we're going to have Grant Williams on Nikola Jokic and Robert Williams is going to help off Aaron Gordon on the weak side, which is not something Robert Williams has ever really been asked to do. And, and they did it and they did it on the fly. And like defensive intelligence has not really been the forte of this team. I think we've seen a lot of break scouting report breakdowns. And so for them to lock in to something that was kind of a, a curveball strategy that That they've never really tried before. I think that's really promising. And it speaks to where, you know, this team is heading mentally, which is a different place maybe than it was 10 games ago.
2: Yeah. It just feels like they have the bodies now to play like just great defense consistently throughout the game. We talk a lot about how the offense struggles when Jason Tatum's not on the court, but I also think just the rotation in general struggle defensively when Tatum's not on the court and they just a lot of the Jeff Teague minutes Peyton Pritchard he's not the best defender but Shemi Ojale just all the kind of garbage bench lineups that we've seen in the past uh, or at least early this season it feels like with Romeo returning with Tristan Thompson back they just have so much more depth and the run uh, against the Nuggets I just thought they had the players to kind of sustain stops over that period of time I think at the end of the third quarter it was Grant. Uh, Tristan, Romeo, and then Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker. And Kemba Walker made some phenomenal plays at the end of the third to basically cut what was a 14 point lead down to a five point lead in under two minutes. But they, I think it was able to sustain that because then the sub after that is they were you replaced Tristan, Grant, and Romeo with Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and uh, Time Lord. That's just like you still have a great lineup on the court. Actually, uh, Romeo stayed in the game. Romeo was the, one of the guys who played in both lineups. But just that depth of like the backup lineup being able to play good defensively, and then just to keep it rolling, and the defense not really take a step back. Now that you have to give Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown a rest, that that depth was just impressive to me, uh, especially against the, the Nuggets team.
1: Yeah, and and that's where having Romeo Langford helps, and that's where you know I, I think I feel like Grant Williams has started to play better. Recently, and um, Tristan Thompson has certainly played played better before he got COVID, and since he came back from COVID, it, it's like he he just hasn't really suffered from that. I've, obviously, I've, I'm not trying to belittle like the, all the symptoms he had and stuff, um, but he hasn't it hasn't hurt him since he got back, um, and so I, I just think that personnel wise, this is a better defense than it was. For much of the first half of the season, is this just a
2: roster construction thing? Like, this is the first time we're seeing a well-balanced roster instead of having the awkward three bigs and having two big lineups, or having you know
1: a lot of Jeff Teague minutes. Yeah, I I think that that's definitely a benefit. Like, like playing Peyton Pritchard and Jeff Teague together. Like individually, those guys are are fine defenders, but when you play them together, it limits what you can do, how many things you can switch the types of um, strategies you can use. And so, and then on top of that, like Tyson Thompson playing those guys together, like those guys are both fine defenders, um, probably better than fine, but together, like, it's just not perfect. And so the Celtics were using a lot of lineups that didn't have as much versatility as they're used to. And I think that, that hurt them. Um, and now, now with Romeo Langford back and guys getting healthy, like it, it makes a huge difference. And and they're starting to play like the defense that that they probably envisioned um, with this team. And you know, when Fournier gets back, he's not a, the best defender in the world, but he's another six seven guy and another guy with length and another guy who can switch. So that that should just add to it. Um, but yeah, and, I, and then I think Tatum. Tatum has just gone to another level of late. The The 53 point performance was part of it, but it just. He's just seemed- been
2: consistently a high volume scorer. It pretty much seems like his last 10 games are damn close to 30. And the whole entire Celtics uh, offense in the fourth quarter has some crazy net rating uh, over the last, I think, or since the game, since the All Star break. That's a, a surprise when you talk about this Boston Celtics team because it feels like uh, earlier in the season, fourth quarter scoring uh, and just losing a bunch of clutch games has been a big issue for this team. And clearly, Jason Tatum has uh, decided to not decide, he's just playing much better. How much credit does Kendrick Perkins get for the turnaround in Jason Tatum? <laughs>
1: the The whole Kendrick Perkins Jason Tatum thing has been an interesting subplot over the past few days. what it, so
2: Perk initially tweeted out I think it was after what the Mavericks lost or the no after the sixers loss something about body language saying Jason Tatum needs to stop shrugging his shoulders and like get back to it. um it was some typical perk just like perk tweets a lot of things. people say a lot of things. But maybe because it was Perk and he has national attention, this one seemed to get under the uh, skin of maybe not Jason Tatum, but the folks around Jason Tatum.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, Drew Hanlon, after Perk said, I called Jason Tatum out about giving more, and he didn't get all sensitive. And he heard me and responded like a true professional supposed to in the best game of his young career, finishing with 53 spicy and 10 boards with W. Carry the hell on. <laughs> and then Drew Hanlon, who's Tatum's longtime trainer, came back. LOL, Jason at Jason Tatum handle, didn't care about what you said. He's just a bucket. And then, that is
2: kind of Perk taking, that's like exactly the dumb joke I did at the start, taking credit for the immaculate vibes. It's just Turk being like, I mean, Perk being like, yep, that's on me. I inspired the young fella. I can see why uh, Jay, uh, Drew Hanlon might have been upset.
1: Yeah, and then Tatum's mom came in, said, tell him again, Drew. <laughs> and then then Hanlon and Perk were, were at each other's necks for a while. Hanlon talking about, you know, training since 13 with Tatum and Perk saying, relax, bro, you're po- popular and I'm powerful. There's a difference, homeboy. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> You're not qualified to indulge in this conversation. NBA players only. Um, My favorite part, though, is when Perks tweeted at Hanlon, don't start smelling yourself because you send a few players through cone drills every summer. (laughs) Like, what what a line that was. Obviously, like, I don't think Kendrick Perkins is the reason Jason Tatum had 53 points. Jason Tatum has always been a guy who puts up big scoring totals. And now it seems like he's getting healthier and getting some of his stamina back. And he's been great for a little while here. Um, but I, I do love the back and <laughs> forth. The the entertainment of it is just classic.
2: I think I saw uh, Drew Hanlon responded like, like huh haven't run a cone drill in four years or something like that. He was like, he was personally offended as an NBA trainer because they don't, it's not cone drills anymore. But I think Drew Hamlin probably has more. Haven't
1: used a cone in 10 years. LOL. Maybe <laughs> that's what Perk used when he was training. That would explain his career scoring average of 5.4 points per game. <laughs> it got what, spicy. I've got some real Twitter spicy.
2: karate with Drew Hanlon before about um, Zach Levine, but. It's just more of the both, both guys willing to post, willing to go back and forth. That's just the, that's fun. I guess Twitter content, it's much more better than just people being upset in your mentions about everything else. Um, But I think Jason Tatum is just uh, playing really well because he's an all NBA level player and he does seem to get off to slow starts in games, but in the fourth quarter, he's been uh, fantastic scoring, doing the majority of his scoring at fourth quarter Uh, against the Timberwolves. Jason Tatum had 13 points. And then how much, how many more did he score in the overtime? But then I think he has 17 points against the Nuggets in the fourth quarter. He just feels like he's going to the basket a little bit more and drawing more fouls, which I don't know if Perk can take credit for that, but I'm sure he will. Uh, But I don't know. He's just playing all-star level basketball. That doesn't seem too surprising that Jason Tatum is, uh, in fact, good.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, I do think the Celtics, you know, over the last 10, 15 games, like, their offense has looked very different, and we shooting way the, more threes. the defensive improvement before, but yeah, like, like, they've gone from an anti-modern offense to, okay, let's chuck that thing up there, and I think part of that is personnel, but I think, you know, you look at, Jalen Brown, like he's taking a ton of three. he's taking more threes than he ever took before. Jason Tatum he's getting them up too and and th- those guys it seems like they're they're getting rid of some of the mid range jumpers at least the the ones early in the shot clock and and trying to do you know get to the paint, kick it out. It just feels like like this offense from a standpoint of of getting the right types of shots has come a long way and it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Like they, they haven't gotten free throw attempts very often, although that helped them stay in the nuggets game for a while. Um, They're, they're not like the best at getting points in the paint. But if you look at just, just the quality of their shots, it's, it's night and day compared to where it was, you know, two months ago.
2: And it, it's, They're chucking threes like they're absolutely just launching. And I think it's generally a good thing. There's not many that are like, oh, that's an awful shot. But I think when your strategy is being like get up to 40, 50 attempts uh, per game, um, you're going to need to just keep chucking. The thing that's interesting to me, it feels like they're getting better quality looks. And I think they're coming is I would give credit to the defense. Just being able to play a little bit more in transition. Just simple things like drag screens in transition for open threes. But it does feel like the ball movement, everything gets better when it comes off a stop or defensive rebound. And so as the defense gets better, I think it helps the offense. Uh, But they're getting what I think looks to be better looks. This is pure confirmation bias um, because they've been winning. But we saw in that Nuggets game where they started like three for 18 from the line. It's going to have – they're going to have some streaky performances, which is a reason why I think they're going to be down in some games. it's also a reason why – uh there have shown this ability to come back because they can just get on a roll uh and start making threes the thing that i was interesting uh to me today was i checked out kemba's three-point percentage and he's something at 33 percent this year basically the same amount of attempts he shot 38 percent uh last year from three and if he can just get rolling like or And just start making us like have that percentage creep up a bit. I think it's going to do a lot for the Celtics' offense. I was uh, shocked to see that Kemba shot thirty-eight percent from three last year because it doesn't feel like we've been anything close to that this year. And like who know, I don't, I can't tell if it's like an injury thing, it's just an uh, an aberration, a down year. But so I do think there's potential for him to uh, get better from deep. But I was shocked that it was was so much worse this year than it was last year.
1: And one one of the interesting things recently is that Kemba's usage has really tapered off and I don't know what that's a factor of um, whether they've just decided okay Jason Tatum you're number one Jalen Brown you're number two Kemba you're three and, and you guys have to figure it out or whether it's just kind of been a a more organic thing where that's just kind of how the season has gone but he went so he was at 29% usage in January which was his first month back just about 29 percent, 28.4 percent usage in february march 25 percent usage april 20.7 so far in five games and so so he's gone from like all-star usage to just pretty normal usage um and th- so that's that's interesting to me and i, I guess Does that i mean know. he's just playing off ball more and just like being just more of a- I, I don't know exactly like what it stems from, um, but I just I just think that especially the way he's shooting, um, it hasn't been great. Um, he hasn't well, that makes his shooting it's like that much not more his most important. efficient season. Yeah, and, and I think like there's there's upside obviously with Kemba if his threes start to fall again, um, and and the offense has been great typically with him on the court, but. But they he's gone away from being a, a big shot attempt guy and and that's that's an interesting development. One of the more interesting developments I think is is his role kind of shrinking and and if that happens, like his fit gets a little clunkier. Um, but also I think like you can be that player and still be super important. like i I, I always go back to Tony Parker like what did he average, like 16, 17 points a game, probably most years with the Spurs. And it was like, those were important 16 or 17. And there were games when it was just like, okay, Tony, carry us. And I think that's where Kemba needs to be for this Celtics team to to be maximized. And I feel like that's kind of the direction they're going, where he's not going to be like a go-to guy anymore, um, at least when he's playing next to Tatum and Brown.
2: It makes sense. It's just Tatum is clearly the best player on the team, and so you want the ball in his hands. And he continues to make um, progress, just as a playmaker, distributor. Like it feels like once a game now he kind of throws a pass. You go, ooh, I did, didn't know you had that, but like it's and he's is I think his turnovers are Tatum's turnover turnovers are up a little bit, but um, you want the ball in his hands. I think that's just what makes Kemba shooting that much more important because he's still shooting eight threes a game, and right now he's making like three of them or like a little two of them but if he can just get like I'm just seeing like a lot of two for nine performances on his game log and if it's like four for nine just a little bit more of that boost so he's is like uh consistently that 15 point a game score that's the problem I think with Kemba right now is like he has some good nights where he'll throw in 20 and then he has some bad nights where it's just like nine um well, not nine but like 11 12 in the lower teens where uh he just needs to be more consistent of a score. And I just think that will come from like, I hope that it, he just writes the ship in terms of shooting
1: um, from uh, beyond the arc. Yeah. And I mean, he's been a lot better than 33% for a long time. So this is atypical, Um and maybe, maybe that's a part of not getting the shot attempts he normally gets. And, and it's just all a part of figuring, figuring out a new role that he's never played before. Even last year, like Tatum had the rise later in the season, but Kembo was out for a lot of that. Like like when Tatum really took control of the Celtics, Kembo was out injured for a lot of that. When he came back, he was on a minutes restriction. Like things were just different. And so now I feel like this is probably the first time in his career that he's had to actively take a step back. And so I think part of it is probably just – difficulty figuring all of that out. Yeah. What was Tate what was Kemba's usage, I guess, in the playoffs
2: last year? Is it similarly low, I would expect, compared to uh because it felt like last year in the playoffs or at least in the bubble, like late in games, it was definitely an emphasis on getting the ball in uh Tatum's hands. But it's gonna be interesting. Uh yeah, last season like the 30-point games from Kemba just stopped pretty much after uh, I think everybody is really only the His first usage half of the season. in the
1: playoffs was 23,
2: so kind of around the similar range. It has been the last couple months,
1: yeah, yeah, probably a, a little lower the last couple of months. Yeah, I, I guess pr- probably about the same, yeah. So I think feel it's like that the- tapered off, especially toward the end of the playoffs. So, like when guys were like when the Raptors went boxing one on him for a little while and guys went zone like I feel like once teams went zone his his and his knee flared up even more yeah. Um, and who knows I mean hopefully the knee isn't part of the reason why he's getting fewer opportunities lately
0: this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear you can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card.
2: Yeah. All right. What do the Celtics need to do to win the next two games and keep the vibes rolling? I didn't think 4-0 was possible, uh, but the kind of the entire outlook changes. You move the goalposts. Now I'm going to be furious if they don't take. Um, at least one of these next two games. The toughest ones clearly against the Portland Trailblazers who have uh, old friend Ennis Canner getting 30 rebounds in a game and one of the better offenses in the league with Dame and CJ, but they also have one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, I think the Celtics, they did a pretty good job on Jokic, but one of the things they struggle with is stopping dribble penetration this year, and so that worries me going into this game against the Trailblazers but I think it's uh they it feels like the Celtics have more of a chance uh than they did the, the vibes are better I'm trying to tell you the vibes are good I'm believe in this team now
1: you're believing you're a believer
2: I'm, a, I'm an optimist how could I not be the they're five and twelve or five and two since I declared them uh, good
1: and five and one in their last six after you prematurely declare them good. But what do you think they need to do in
2: Portland to not just completely die on uh, dribble
1: penetration by Dame and CJ? I mean, you just got to be solid. Those, those guys it's are got to be solid. <laughs> those guys are going to get theirs. The help has to come in the right places. Um, if if you botch switches, if you have miscommunications, it's a wrap. Like Dame is going to score three from wherever he's standing on the court. So you have to just be really, really solid, really, really locked in. Uh, It can't be like, and if you, if you screw up once, they might get hot and that's it, you know? And so, and then it doesn't matter what you do. So the, the Blazers are a good test, a very different test than the Nuggets, but the Nuggets, like they really test you too, because all their cutting, all their movement You have to be super solid against them too, or Jokic will pick you apart. And the Celtics had, you know, a six-minute stretch where Jokic really picked them apart. But other than that, I thought they were just kind of solid. Did 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 what they were supposed to do. And what do you think about the Brad's
2: adjustment to like throw Grant onto Jokic and just like not, I guess, play your typical defense? Is Brad in win now mode? Is like would we need to. Like nor like it has hit the part of the season where it's like they are pushing for the playoffs, they're trying to get better, and each game really feels like it matters more. Is Brad willing to just pull out some Nick Nurse style stuff to just try to get some W's going? They they need to win to build some championship habits. And so it feels like winning times now.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that was like a a crazy innovation, but it was smart. It was definitely smart and and it's it's a curveball. You could see them throwing again. Um in the right moment in the playoffs. Like, like could you have Robert Williams guard Ben Simmons while, while Grant Williams guarded Joel Embiid and just have, like, a, a help guy? You know what I mean? Like, like, there are scenarios where you could just try to get funky with it. Um, and having Robert Williams off ball, I, I felt like that really helped them against, against Jokic because, you know, there was one time Jokic found a cutter and Robert Williams was there with help and so the cut that would have been a layup turned into they had to pass it out. Aaron Gordon didn't want to shoot. He passed out to Michael Porter Jr. and the Celtics were there to contest it. And so it's like I felt like that that really made a difference. And I don't know like how how many other times that's that's necessarily going to be a matchup or a, a tactic you'd want to try. Um but like the Ben Simmons thing it could be fun, right? Like like I, maybe that's not even what you want because Grant Williams will just foul Joel Embiid. Oh, he would immediately beat.
2: foul out, but he yeah. at least get six fouls from him. But, He'd foul out and immediately put his hand up because Grant is very honest when fouling.
1: Yeah, but ha- having Robert Williams kind of weaponizing him as a help side defender, I thought was, was neat and, and really made a difference. And I felt like he was kind of getting picked on in the third quarter. Where he was struggling against Jokic in space, struggling against him at the three-point arc, um, and then the Celtics decided, you know what? Let's have Grant Williams deal with a lot of that stuff, and we'll turn Robert Williams into like our our roving shot blocker, and and it worked. It worked.
2: Well, I uh, hope it keeps on working. I don't think they're going to put Robert on uh, Dame or uh, CJ, but you know, maybe Brad has another kind of crazy. Adjustment up his sleeve to slow down uh, the Trailblazers. The Celtics also just have to shoot the hell out of the ball. Like they have to score because the Trailblazers' defense is awful, and so they need to uh, put up points. I'm expecting a big three-point performance. 53s. I'm going to predict right now. I don't know. We don't normally do predictions for single games. I'm predicting over 53s uh, against the Trailblazers. Bringing that threes. spice. Bringing that lot spice. Of All right, oh, now it. it's time. For everyone's favorite part of the show, uh, which is brought to you by our friends at Night Shift Beer, uh, who make the Santilli IPA. The Santilli is a delicious IPA, uh, and Jay and I drink it, enjoy. That's how we enjoy basketball. If you want the Santilli and want to support our friends at Night Shift, go to nsbeer.co slash beer finder. You can figure out where Night Shift is sold near you. They sell it all up and down the East Coast. And then if you're in Boston – They will also deliver to you, so go to nsbeer.co slash beer finder and get you some night shift. Jay, what is the first pick? I'll give you the first pick. I'm feeling in a good mood and gracious. Your first pick in the potable six-pack.
1: I'm going with Jason Tatum's 53-piece. That was... Safe choice. I like it. Good. Strong. That was a lot of points. (laughs) Just a lot of (laughs) (laughs) points. And it, like the Celtics they started off horribly in that game. It was it was so bad. And then Tatum got going and I, I felt like the most not the most impressive part. The most impressive part is scoring 53 fucking points in a game. Um but I thought it was it was really good that he did that and then they got to the overtime and he got the ball out of his hands quickly and I think the Celtics hit, had three wide open threes because of all the pressure that was on Tatum. And that that's how they have to play. Like like when Tatum's going, bam, bam, out of his hands. Kemba hit a three. I think Jalen hit a three. And then the the Celtics cruise in the overtime. And so I, I I was really impressed by the way he handled himself after he got hot. Except for like a couple possessions when they were blowing an eleven point <laughs> lead over the last minute or two of regulation. But other than that, I I just felt like he made the right decision which can be really tough when you're that hot.
2: The thing is wild is that they they did like basically really came close to screwing that game up, and Jason Tatum had 48 points uh, at the end of regulation. Would you rather have the 48 and just have them finish it out and get the win, or did the fact that he was able to score five more points in overtime, they still got the win, so you can't complain that much, but... 50 is such a magic number in the NBA. It's like As soon as you get over 50, even if it's in an overtime game, it feels like that's like automatically made him uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Like crossing over that 50 number is just a, such a big deal, even if your team messed up the game, uh, and the only reason you got 50 was because you had failed to close out the Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: 53 is a lot of points.
2: You're saying exactly what I'm saying.
1: Yes. But 48 yes, is
2: not a lot of points. I would say it's less points than 53. Five fewer. Touche. My first pick has got to be Grant Williams, the enforcer. Uh, Romeo Lankford got a hard foul from Jamaica Green. uh, And Grant Williams was immediately over there to get into Jamaica Green's face. I don't really think of Grant as the enforcer type, but I liked him standing up for his teammate, and I thought it was funny when he came out of there all barrel-chested. And – Was defending
1: this guy Romeo, and this is going to sound like an old timer thing to say. Celtics haven't had a lot of that. Like there haven't been many moments this season when it was like they had each other's backs. I feel like, like when they had Jay Crowder and those guys, it'd be like every game they'd be they'd be getting each other's backs, fight standing up for each other, and and I don't think that's the most important thing at all in basketball. But I think every once in a while, when when you get shoved to the ground, it's nice to see when your teammates have your back.
2: Yeah, it was just a, a, a strong moment from Grant, and uh, I had to highlight it here. I think I already talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but just Kemba at the end of the third quarter, the Net, uh, Nuggets game, made like three straight defensive plays, got to the and one with points five seconds left. I just thought he was fantastic during that sequence, and like – Got to give him credit for doing that. And then I just went back when you talk about Jason Tatum in overtime. Kemba's knocked down two threes in overtime. So we talked about Kemba's, I guess, struggling this year. But you got to give him credit for playing solid, especially in that third quarter against Denver.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- that, that end of the third quarter was just Romeo and Kemba making great defensive plays. And then the Celtics capitalizing on the other end. K- Kemba, like all of his stops led directly to points. I think it was he he got a steal when Campazzo threw a bad pass, went the other way, like strip-blocked Campazzo went the other way for the and one. And then what was the other play where he fed Jalen in transition for a nifty layup? And, yeah, Gemma had a lot to do with that, and you don't normally point out his defense, but his defense really got the Celtics started in that run. Um, My turn, my turn. My turn. I'm going with Jalen Brown passing to Jason Tatum for a wide open bucket. And I'm not going with that though. I'm going with the reaction to it. It was like the most normal play ever. Like, just leave it for your teammate and transition. People were like, how much does that mean? How much does that mean <laughs> about, about your relationship? He and, wanted to
2: get him 50.
1: Yeah. And maybe he did, and maybe maybe it was more important to those guys. But that's what I'm I, saying. 50 is a magic like number. That, was, that just... was a normal normal play. That... Also,
2: there was questions about whether or not they should have continued dribbling the ball out because it was a easy. They shouldn't have gotten the easy dunk with 17 seconds left.
1: Yeah, but Brad Stevens disagreed. He thinks <laughs> he should. disagreed strongly. He laid it yeah, out all so, the facts. So big. Big play there, 50, 53 whopper. Um, and then the most amount of points? block where he caught it. Tristan Thompson's block <laughs> where he caught it is my my last pick. I mean, that was just an awesome block. Who, who did he block? I don't even remember. I don't even remember. Doesn't even matter. He just blocked them and
2: caught it. I was like, the, the classic, like Bill Russell things. Like, I don't like to block it out of bounds. I like to block, like, then it's a. It's not a complete turnover. You'd like to tip it to your own team. No better way to tip it to your own team than by catching it. That's just a badass way uh, to get a turnover. So that's a great pick. Uh, I'm going to finish it off here. Uh, for some reason, I follow a lot of Nuggets reporters, and people were having meltdowns in their mentions, and I got to see them like quote-tweeting it, and it was nice to know that it's like not just Celtics fans who are jerks to people online when their team uh, plays poorly. I don't even think Denver's a big like nuggets town. Like I think of Denver, I think of the Broncos. I've just never thought there's a big nuggets community out there, but they were mad as hell. And you know, it just feels good to like, know the people we surround ourselves with aren't um, it's not just us who uh, engage in being mad online. It's a universal thing.
1: Many people are mad online, including perk and drew Hamlin. Fantastic.
2: Fantastic. Not me because the vibes are immaculate. The Celtics are five and two since I declare it as such one years of five of their last six, three of in a row. And they have a chance to go for the sweep on the road trip. If they can beat the trailblazers and the Los Los Angeles Lakers, we will be back later this week to tell you if it happened and to break down whatever did happen in those two games. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, If you enjoy it, subscribe rate it five stars, do everything. For us, help us out. And thanks for listening to this episode of Anything Esponible!